Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Would I kill my own baby? To save a village? Would I go back in time and kill him? Would I take the promotion at work with strings attached? Would I eat muffins for the rest of my life if it meant I didn't have to go to school? Would I have Satan's child? Welcome to The Big Ones. My name's Maria. And I'm Amanda. And this is The Big Ones. Uh Uh-huh. Each week, we discuss new ethical questions, ranging from historical dilemmas to relationship problems to brain-busting moral choices. The questions can be complicated, but they're always fun to discuss because they force you to look deep, deep, deep with inside yourself. Will you like what you see? Evan Goldberg? I think I'm going to like what I see. <laughs> yeah, well, well, you uh, might be surprised. <laughs> I, I, ho- I hope not. <laughs> Welcome. You guys know Evan Goldberg because he's a comedy luminary. Mm-hmm. Uh, he uh, created Su- Superbad. He co-wrote it and co-directed it? No, Greg Matola directed it. Oh. <laughs> just off like what do you know i helped i helped okay yes yes he helped on the set of super bad <laughs> and um he just done every comedy movie you've ever seen in the last 10 years probably yeah and we met him on the set of neighbors 2 where maria and i were punch-up artists <laughs> I believe you were associate producers. We were associate. I think sounds good. better than yes. punch up artists. That is punch up artists. I don't know. I kind of like punch up artists. Yeah, associate producers does sound. How about punch up producers? Punch up producers. I like that. So welcome, Evan. Thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. And I- you are. You have been listening to the podcast. Yeah, I've I've devoured most of it over the last week. Wow, I just caught on. Yeah. <laughs> went through it real hard. Well, because I know you guys. Yeah. It, it's a combo of a podcast because I love debates. I love moral dilemmas and I like philosophy, but I also like hanging out with friends and like listening to you two. It's like I get to hang out with two people I really like and listen to an interesting podcast. Like one of my favorite podcasts is Hidden Brain. I don't know if you've ever heard that Mm-mm. one, but I don't know that guy. But you're his friend. You're his best friend. I want to be his friend. It would make it like a more layered experience. Yeah, that's interesting what? how you feel like you get to know people when you listen to podcasts. I have I have podcasts like that. Yeah. But it's better when you actually know them. You yeah. should encourage people. Find your podcasters. Know them. Yes, that's, that's a good very yeah, good. Come, well, should I give my home address? Yes. People can stop no. by. <laughs> What's Hidden Brain about? Uh, it's just like different different things kind of uh, based in like different sciences, but like sociology and psychology and just different stuff. There's I listened to one fascinating one about gender, about people who decided to raise their kid a different gender and just mm-hmm. like the ramifications of it. And then there's other ones about just like social dynamics. It's just all uh, lightly kind of scientific and very – it's very well produced. It's it's kind of like akin to like Radio Lab where it's just fascinating and well done and, and, uh, and the host is very interesting. I'm going to add it to my roster right now because I love a recommendation and it's called Hidden Brain. Hidden Brain. And some of them are only 20 minutes, which is, is huge because I like, I like a nice hour or two. But uh, Oh, it's NPR. Sometimes you need that quick quick bite. 
Okay, yeah. I'm subscribed. Wow. <laughs> and Just you, like that's that. how it happens, folks. That's how it happens. So, Evan, we like to start the podcast off asking if our guest has, you know, a little big one, meaning something that maybe happened to you, a little moral quandary you may have. Uh, the little big one that I am currently most interested in is circumcision. And that's mm. an interesting moral dilemma. Let's get and there's a lot of cool pun, there's a lot of cool puns we can make along the way. Let's start um, by taking a little off the top here. Oh, uh, before I, skin you start, before, before skin, skin you start, you before skin you start. Oh, nice. Uh, anything that else? I mostly worked. Um, let's really penis into this. Oh, what's that mean though? We're just on a sliding <laughs> scale of quality of of puns. Um, but yeah, I am circumcised. And it seems to be something that people find very controversial. Yeah. Uh, and it also is something that like really pisses some people off. And I'm Jewish, and so I was raised in that manner. Everyone I know was circumcised. I was circumcised. And like in my like twenties, I was like, kind of weird. They cut the tip of my penis off. It's a little bizarre. Right. Wonder what that would have been like. Because if if you take out the word circumcised and replace it with cut off the tip of the penis, it changes the whole that dynamic of the of the right. situation. No, I don't know a lot about penises or circumcision um why did we start circumcising kids i mean it's in like the bible Mm -hmm. it's like a covenant with uh with jews and god that just uh and then i you know i don't i'm no i'm no expert on this just my penis that's the only one i'm an expert on but it i think what happened is uh in america there was like this kind of uh it's not really a myth. Like there were a lot of Jewish doctors at a period of time. Like Jews were like, Oh, the Jews are doctors and lawyers. And there were a lot of doctors and they pushed what Jews did on people, which is circumcision. And then it became like an American thing. Cause like European countries don't, I think do it in remotely close to a similar, uh, amount that Americans do and Canadians. But yeah, it just became like a thing in Canada and America where most people do it to their kids and like most of my friends who aren't Jewish have done it, not most, all of them, and uh, and it just befuddles me. Is there some perceived health benefit to being circumcised? They say it's. They say there is. Don't they say there is? That there it's, is. Oh, there, there just is. is. The 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 one thing that's like an undeniable fact is it reduces chances of STDs because you've gotten rid of like extra bits and pieces that can uh-huh. like hold on to stuff more yes and is is there a benefit to keeping the foreskin apparently sensation i wouldn't know mm. though this all did get triggered by uh, a documentary i saw when i was younger i was just watching tv one night and saw this thing and i like at first was like is this what i think it's about <laughs> and it's a documentary i don't recall the name about a guy who was so disturbed that he was circumcised that he brought his foreskin back using a series of weights and oh, strings no. and he did it it took like years and he like slowly recreated it which oh my god which i'm not in the process of doing that seems a little intense <laughs> can you type in before and after circumcision you want a picture yeah Whoa. okay You're just going there. i want to just i know i think i know what it looks like i'm gonna say um circumcised penis versus non-circumcised that's gonna smart. be a funny cartoon fighting <laughs> <laughs> That would be fun. Versus. Versus. (laughs) I'm so scared. Because I've seen them only online, though, but I've never encountered one in real life. This is the weird thing that I keep hearing from women my age is that they've never encountered one in their normal lives. And, like, statistically, that seems impossible. 
are you sure you just don't get a good look before they've become excited? Uh, here we go. So they go... It, no, Amanda, that's a banana. Those are bananas, Amanda. Okay, so one banana is peeled, is peeled and one isn't. No. Well, let me be clear about one thing. Your penis never peels back. <laughs> okay, well, then what have I been looking well, at? Well, I love bananas, so... <laughs> <laughs> so we're good here. Okay, let me go back. I'll get out of this banana. Um, okay, so there. here's... Um, these so are wait, all do they look the same when they aren't erect? They look No, like... they look very different. Here's a natural penis. Uh and Some people describe the uncircumcised as a anteater. An anteater. Oh. So when they're erect, they've got like this extra skin. Yeah, so it's like a, it's like it has a little coat on. Yeah, and when and when they become erect, it's like a like that. It's pop, like, pop, yeah, turtle pop, comes. Pop a weasel, pop a mole. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Whack a mole. They kind of poke their heads out of a whack a mole situation. Okay, so here's a real life penis, and this a one... real life penis. <laughs> wow, so it's got a little cocoon. Yes, a cocoon. That's great. Yeah, it lives in a cocoon. But that makes sense because it's trying to. It wants to protect itself. From, yeah, like the elements. Well, one thing they say is that unfortunate men like me have a lowered sensitivity because it's supposed to be protected, and instead, the circumcised man's penis is rubbing against his shorts all day, lowering sensitivity. <gasps> but that's crazy that we don't see, like, even in pictures, like in like anatomy book, like or maybe not anatomy books, but like that's not how we think of the penis. I know. I know that, it's very weird. That is so weird because I would see this and think something is is wrong here. So when this gets erect, does what happens? The turtle it's, comes it, out. It's, it's like a it's like a guy popping his head out of a turtleneck. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> now here's an interesting visual. Now what I found here is a hot dog being snipped by a pair of scissors um held by a hand wearing a surgical glove. That's not how they so, do. But it. how but what do you mean by the tip of the penis is cut off then? So what well, how is to that di- to dig a little deeper into my penis? Uh, oh yes, please. There is like a ring you can see yes. on my penis of different color. Huh? Like, like a light like light difference and that is where they circumcised me. And so, like, sometimes you can see, like, a little difference in color or, like, a little mark where the cut happened because they cut it off. Okay, so I just, I, it's like, okay, so your penis is a guy and then it, he comes out with a turtleneck on, right? And it's kind of covering his head. And then what does the doctor do to get the turtleneck here's a pr- off? Here's a, okay, same metaphor, slightly different. Okay. A guy's putting on a turtleneck. Yes. Uh-huh. But his head hasn't come out of the hole yet. Mm-hmm. Okay. But the neck part is around his head. Yes. They cut the top of the turtleneck so that you can see his eyes and nose poking out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But where does the rest of the jacket go? They're only cutting off the top of the jacket. Okay. I'm just going to say this. Okay. Should we type in to the internet circumcision video yeah and watch Amanda, i think you Seriously? need to and you might be put on some sort of list but i think we need okay, to okay well this is matt's computer so i can probably just go to his history <laughs> <laughs> okay i'm really nervous guys this is clinical this is not this okay. is gonna mess us all up for yeah okay, here we go nucleus health can you angle it a little more to me yeah and can you turn it up <clears throat> a little so maybe we can okay it's starting like the start of an x-men movie Ooh, where we're coming nu- out of nucleus kind of DNA. medical media Sample the use best only. in circumcision videos. <laughs> <laughs> oh Pediatric my god! Oh, <laughs> they're zooming in on a baby's penis. <laughs> yeah, they sure are. Okay, I see. The penis has a protective sleeve of tissue called the foreskin, covering the gland. Oh, interesting. Oh, this is very illuminating. The foreskin. Ew! It looks like a pencil. To expose the glands of the penis. I see. 
T'sais. According to the American but what ha- oh, okay. the potential health benefits of circumcision include easier cleaning of the penis. That's bullshit. Increased risk of getting HIV, sexually transmitted infections. That is technically true. Tract infections and certain cancers. Cancers? I don't think that's problems. true. Well, yeah, because you don't. Oh, you know, foreskin problems. Foreskin cancer. <laughs> you eradicate. You just gotta get idiots' cancer. guides to foreskin problems, and you're all good. <laughs> also, the the cleaning one's crazy. I asked my circumcised friends, like, is that an issue? They were like, no, because I shower. Yeah. And cultural beliefs. So you, they're just cutting off a little bit. I. It seems when just I look a little off the top. Yeah, it just seems to me that they're taking off the whole jacket, but all they're doing is taking a little off the top. Uh, I mean, my turtleneck example was pretty specific. Yes, You're yes, yes. Just cutting the top of the turtleneck. Oh, wait. are we gonna watch this? Oh Let's my see. god. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. And we're watching a CG. This is way crazier than I thought. They're putting a tourniquet on it. It's like that eyebrow thing, the threading. That looks like one of those lip balms. In five to seven days, leaving a healed circumcision. Okay, no, that's no. We should say that was a CG recreation. (laughs) If that was the real version, I would have passed out right. Yeah, Um, that's not right. That's not right. So you see where I'm at? Yes. That's not right. That's not... Now, I get... Now, here's my point of view with it, and it's the wrong point of view, I think. It's more of a vain point of view. Uh Like, do it so that your son doesn't have to explain himself in a culture of, you know, women who will be like... Well, that's not how men I've known have been. Do you know what I mean? Well, yes. it's to fit in. It's like to fit to in. To fit into yeah. social norms. But I do believe that more and more people are choosing not to circumcise. Yeah. Well, I, the, 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 people, the thing I've heard from a lot of people, the number one thing I hear, which I think is very peculiar, is I don't want my penis to look different than my son's. I don't want him to feel different than me, which to me is a little crazy. Um, well, maybe it, you can't bring your foreskin back, but if he ever wanted to get rid of it, yeah, that's what could. I was going to ask. Is that yeah. possible as an adult man to get circumcised? Yes. And I have uh, two friends who've done it. I had one who did it when he was like 20 because uh, it was like causing pain. There was like something wrong. Right. And so he needed the circumcision and he got it and he's very happy to have had it. And I know another friend who did it when we were 12. He had it done and it was his parents were just like, yeah, you know what? We should have circumcised him. And so they circumcised him at 12, and he was messed up for a while. What? Like he just come that to school. Like, right. Why would they do that? They thought it was a medical, uh, a, a, a benefit medically for him. Oh, so. wow. So this is interesting. Are there other ways in which we, you know, mutilate or do a procedure like this at birth? Like, is there, are there other things that we're doing? Because maybe, like, foreskin is, like, will be... I wonder if evolution will kind of eliminate the foreskin Well, it has a purpose, time. though, I think. I think yeah. it's right. there as... I, I believe the video said a protective sheath. I yeah, don't, I, interesting. I, a protective sheath is. Uh, I, you know, we do do things like when babies come out of the womb and their heads are messed up, we fix that. Like if they're shaped. The of cone their heads. Head. I had a cone yeah. head buddy, and they smush their cone heads. How down. do they do that? They they just push it. Uh, it's type yeah. in cone heads. No, I, I'm not doing any more googling after that. <laughs> circumcision video uh, but but is that it's different i guess right doing something like that uh well, well ones to i i guess like with the cone heads as an example you're fixing what is 
considered an abnormality, and the other one is your perfectly normal. You're doing something, you know, it'd be like removing any other part. To me. Like I, it'd be like, I, yeah. oh, you got to get rid of the earlobes when they're born. Yeah, yeah, it does seem really arbitrary and odd. Um, but I also kind of always feel weird when I see a little infant who has her her ears pierced. pierced. But that's cultural. That's I a think little that's, strange. Yeah. But that seems like um, like Hispanic cultures and stuff do that at birth. Yeah, I was in I was in like India weird. two years ago, and they have a thing there where little girls wear like eyeshadow and uh-huh. uh, I don't know what you call it, the stuff uh-huh. here and the stuff here. Oh, eyeliner like mascara and eyeliner. And eyeliner. Yeah. Wait, so who was doing that? In India, just like a lot of young kids oh. have that with little girls. And it's so cute. But like to some, it would just be like they put makeup on like well, one-year-old. I think right. it's also weird that like we all have pierced ears. Like that women pierce their ears. That's weird. Right. It's, it's strange. It, it's like you're literally putting a hole through your body to dangle metal. Yeah, as a decoration. As you're, a decoration. You're, you're creating like a little branch for decoration. It's so weird. You get to be yeah. a Christmas tree. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I love a hoop. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Don't get me Could wrong. Could you imagine if I started wearing big hoops? I mean, I think it'd look cool. I don't think so. I don't have the face for it. Mm, well, when I see your face, all I think is hoop. <laughs> <laughs> I think... Now, Craig, my boyfriend, brought this to my attention because he brought it up once like... Uh, you know, if we have a kid, we're and it's a boy, we're not circumcising him. But he just like did a bunch of reading about about what it is and like the practice of it. And he was like, it literally is genital mutilation that's accepted in our society. That like, you know, if we were to do that to any like a female, if we were to cut off, you know, then people would be like, what are you doing? You know, but it's like this has just become part of the norm. Well, I mean, to, to give an example, it, you know, like female uh, genital mutilation is actually something that removes the feeling mm-hmm. from the in, in the countries that happens. So that's kind of like a different degree, I would say. Yeah. But it would be like if when you're born, they take some of the labia off. Yeah, yeah. You know, just twenty percent off. Yeah, because sh- maybe yeah, you could t- make the same argument for the labia that that would um, like be make you have more sexually transmitted diseases, but it also protects the vagina. <laughs> Amanda's so. cupping her hands together as <laughs> <Yes>. though. <laughs> I, I think your labia might be different than other people's labia. If that, her wraps around her waist. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think it's... I think it's one of those things that, like, is gonna be phased out. I think so. I think it'll take a very long time, but... Uh, but I it, think people are getting peculiar. hip to it, of like, mm-hmm. why are we doing this? Because the circumcised penis is much more aesthetically pleasing. That's just a fact. Mm. Right. Maybe in 200 years, when the the dynamics have shifted and there's more uncircumcised it'll be different i wonder if in europe people are like those ugly circumcised penises i know yeah it's just so odd to me that that our view of what a penis is isn't what a penis is because well it's like how jesus is white in most yeah. it's like you know he wasn't yeah yeah like, right. he just wasn't right it's just like the, it's we have a false belief of what a certain part of the anatomy of a yeah man it's is. really sad so, yeah, I think, you know, of course it's up to, well, not of course. I mean, you just do your research on it, I guess, at home listeners. But I agree that it is not, um, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be able to take a part of a person like that for no other reason than 
a belief that you may not even believe in. Just a doctor goes, hey, this is, do you want to do this? This is what most people do. Yeah, and there's a lot of people who do it for, like, religious beliefs, but the, like, cultural pressure is pretty crazy. Like, I have a lot of friends who consider themselves completely non-religious, and they, in their heads, there was just, like, no choice. I just, obviously, I have to do this. Amanda, would you circumcise your... I'm kind of leaning to no. I don't think I would. Right. I'm open to it if it's something... I don't... Matt and I haven't really talked about it, but... I oh, was, you haven't done your circumcision talk yet? No, we haven't had that. <laughs> I, I might sit him down tonight and, and ask Play him about him that it. Video? Be like, I need to show you something. And we need to watch all of it. <laughs> that was horrifying. And I want to say again, that was just a CG recreation. That was, we could have found a real video that you clicked no, on right there. Never. And we thought it was over. We were like about to turn it off. And then all of a sudden... I thought until now that they just took like an X-Acto knife and went like... Zoop. Yeah. I did not think there was like a... There was a clamp, you a, a guys, clamp at and a home. Thing there and, was a clamp involved. And it went in the foreskin. Went with in the foreskin, foreskin around it. It's like a guy got stuck in his turtleneck, and so they had to take one of those claws that gets stuffed animals, <laughs> and, they, and they had to find his penis and take it out. That's what they did. That's so horrible. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Now, if your child was born, we'll get to the big, big one, but if your child was born with a third <laughs> nipple, would you let that be removed? Um... I don't know. I had a guy at summer camp with a third nipple, and I must say, I think that uh, women found it intriguing, and it served him well. <laughs> Where was it? It was just one more on his chest? Just like right right there. Mm. Yeah. I mean, there's little little deformities that I don't think hurt anyone and aren't, you know. What about a tail? Wait, I know someone. That I, I swear I knew someone. That I don't know. You know, because part of it's like I want my kid, you know, to fit in. And not I, that's just another thing oh, I'm I have to the, worry about. The tail's got to go. <laughs> yeah, you should. I would probably deal with a tail. Yeah, because that seems it would uncomfortable. Be so cute for a while though. <laughs> what do they do keeping. with the foreskin? Uh, I do have a friend who someone said. I don't know if any of this is true. They said, "Oh, Jewish tradition is you bury it under a tree," and so one of my friends actually did that because he thought it was kind of funny and cute. But um, and a penis it, tree grew. In and a penis tree grew <laughs> with foreskin fruit. Um, though in 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 my TV show Preacher, we have a running thing where like uh, this character Cassidy is obsessed with the concept of like what happens to all these foreskins. Uh-huh. And this was from the Oprah show, one of Oprah's shows. I don't know the Oprah Winfrey show. I don't know yeah. which one. O Magazine. But uh, uh, that um, and this is real. That there was a uh, moisturizer cream that they were using foreskin for. Which is crazy. Oh, oh, yeah. The baby penis facial. Yes. Uh-huh. What? I've heard about this. It's real. Yeah. It's, it's real. They, they're using... So what it is, is they take... Um, is it like whatever the good stuff in the foreskin? You know, all the good stuff. <laughs> that real sweet what? good stuff. I guess it's like stem cells from the... Would there be stem cells in a foreskin? Yeah, it's or, the freshest skin you got. But they, what they do is they take it to a lab and then they recreate the cells in the lab. So they're not taking... The cells aren't going directly from the baby uh-huh. penis to your face. They're they're oh, like God. basically cloning them Don't in a worry. lab. It's only cloned foreskin you're rubbing yes. into your oh, face. And so then it's God. a very high-end expensive facial. But like all the times you've been like, why? Why does Evan look so young? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why. <laughs> I believe I'm Kate... rich with recombobulated foreskin molecules. I believe that Kate Blanchett gets this facial. What? Okay, wait. You're saying, you're telling me Kate Blanchett takes the foreskin of 
children all around the world. Like Santa oh, Claus. She comes no in. No said that. Well, where is she getting the foreskin? She has a red bag that she fills with the foreskin. And she goes back up the chimney, flies <laughs> back to the Blanchett, Blanchett All your children estate. leave your foreskin. She's out. not doing this. Her facialist is. Yes, yeah, so they're taking... So what happens? They go to a hospital and they get the bin of foreskins? They're, I don't know who the patient zero is, but somehow someone got their hands on a baby I'm foreskin. I'm pretty sure that they teach pigeons to collect them and bring them to some oh kind my of God. centralized you Imagine a pigeon, pigeons, an army of pigeons holding foreskin in their mouth. I have heard of plac- what's the placenta thing people do? Oh, you, the placenta. You eat the placenta, pre- right? People eat it. Um, and what does that do? It it. Some believe that it uh, stops um, postpartum, postpartum depression from happening. My wife did it. Some people think she's nuts. In like I encapsulated think I would dried do it. I think I would. That's something I would do. There's one simple reason that swayed us, which uh-huh. is just. Almost every single or every single mammal except for humans do that. Right. And that seems pretty conclusive to me. And also, like, what's the real risk? There's been some news lately about how uh, some of them can be, if it's processed incorrectly, it uh-huh. can be damaging to your health. But that applies to absolutely anything and everything on the planet Earth. Sure. Uh, but if you have it done appropriately, people believe that it stays off or stops postpartum depression from happening. Mm. I don't I, I'm open to it. Yeah, I, if it comes in a pill, I mean, I'm not going to slurp it up right off the table. It, like it's what, it's gnarly looking. Is it? Yeah. It's just a little bubble, right? No, oh. it's bigger than you think. It's like a steak. What? Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it's like it's like the size of a nice good book. It's not as like heavy though. It was it's not like a 8 ounce steak. I bet it is. Like a ribeye? Yeah, it's not like a ribeye. I don't it? know if it's as fatty as a ribeye. Maybe more of a New York strip. <laughs> oh, a skirt steak. Oh, God. A little more stringy. Throw it on the It's grill. not a porterhouse or anything crazy okay. like that. All right. You're not talking tomahawk. <laughs> you go to Houston's? I have been there once. It's Amanda's favorite restaurant. It's very good. I love it, but I swear to God they're putting MSG in that food because I leave there feeling like a big balloon. I float right out of there. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of balloons... Evan, do you have now? This is a, an alert, 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 alert. Goodyear, sure. Goodyear blimp. I want our podcast to be the first podcast recorded live in the Goodyear blimp. That's a great idea, isn't it? A great, it's idea? A great idea. Do you have any connections to Mister Goodyear? Definitely not. Right, but you are a well-connected man, correct? I know people who know people. Okay. Some of them might know some blimp people. If you have any connections, we would yes, be very grateful. We could even have you on, a, as, on as a guest again you if should. you'd like to fly high. Now, I, did I would do that. Tw- I, would, I did tweet at them, and they uh, tweeted back uh, an emoji that was thinking. Going because I said, "Do you want to be part of history?" And then I, it kind of went. It did this emoji. Well, might, might I recommend writing them a letter? A um, handwritten letter. A handwritten letter. It works. And then shooting it into the sky when I see the Goodyear blimp. <laughs> yeah, just shoot, <laughs> shooting at the Goodyear blimp. But Write I, them a letter. It's the best way to get someone to respond. They see you took the time. They see you're serious. All right, because I gotta get. I I gotta make this happen. You got. I've never used LinkedIn, but I bet you could use that to find a real good business connection. Who knows uh, some Goodyear folk? I mean, I believe Maria that you Maria comes up with these wacky ideas and she follows through. So I I do believe that we will end up on the blimp. Now I I assume that's how this podcast happened. Yes, I (laughs) I feel as I have to put myself in the mindset of the Goodyear blimp pilot or whatever, and I have called blimpers, blimpers, the blimpies. And 
if our podcast came to them, they'd go, well, why that podcast? Why wouldn't we get my favorite murder? Because they have a million <laughs> listeners. Don't tell them that. Well, because you, you'd be like, I'll tell you why. Okay. Picture this moral dilemma. You're on the Hindenburg and you can like pitch some kind of blimp-based. <gasps> that blimp, so... blimp-based dilemma. Or yes. a Led Zeppelin-based dilemma. Yes. That would also work. You're a famous rock band. The groupies are coming. Yeah. Morally, can you let them come yeah. and sleep with you, or is that incorrect? Goodyear, I'm just telling you this right now. It would be nothing but positive for 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 you guys. I also, if they wanted to, we could develop a whole new podcast for them called Blimpcast, where each week we go up in the blimp and talk about, you know, I don't know what exactly it would be, maybe a history lesson on the blimp, or, yeah. uh, you know, something blimp-related. Blimp blimpcast. They may not like this idea as much, but you make a podcast that's only things you can say in the sky. It's like, you're not even on the earth right now. <laughs> say shit you wouldn't. Mm, Just say some things right. that you'd never say you if your feet were grounded. You can finally shit on how stupid grass is. It's called Only in the Sky. Yeah. Above it all. Above, Above it all. Wow. We just... and, you, and you know, you wouldn't have to make a separate trip, Blimp. It would just be like, hey, we're, we got to go up and circle the Staples Center. Oh, we'll come to you. We'll come to you. We'll bring a cheese plate. Yes. We'll come to you. Yes, we will bring a cheese plate. Are you writing that down? Just see what altitude does <laughs> to cheese flavor. Um, don't you think this is a good idea, though, Evan? This is the best idea. Okay, thank you. <laughs> okay, guys, are we ready for the big, big one here? Yes. Okay, here we go. You are a young man growing up in East Berlin. You're a good citizen, but you secretly have issues with, the East, with East Berlin's restrictive regime and long for more freedom. You spend your time taking care of your wonderful mother, who is ill and needs a kidney transplant. The secret police show up at your door one day and say that they need you to become an undercover spy and infiltrate West Berlin. In exchange for your services, they will put your mother at the top of the list for a transplant. But you're aware that the information they're asking you to gather could result in East Berlin winning the Cold War and possibly nuclear fallout. Do you become a spy and help your repressive country to save your mother's life? So this is inspired by a um, well, Matt and I have been watching a lot of German television, and there's a show called Deutschland '83, I think it's called, and it's this is based on that. It's the premise of the show, mm -hmm. okay. um, kind of. It's kind of a little like our Casino Royale one that we did, where would you become a spy to save, save your, your fiancé? Fiancé, or not become a spy, but um, just basically work with an opposing thing. But, well, this is interesting, too, because it touches on, you know... Um, your national pride and mm -hmm. devotion to your country that you're born in like how yeah. far does that take you if if you're living in um east berlin during the cold war era or like north korea you know it's like yeah. what do you how do you well evan what do you do i mean i feel like it's pretty straight to me is uh you can't you can't you can't do well i mean what i would do is <laughs> I think I think the right answer might be become the spy and don't come back. But then you're abandoning your mother. Yes, but <laughs> the reality of it is if she needs this help and will die without it, what would knowing my mother, mm -hmm. my mother cherishes my safety over anything and would die for me in an instant. Mm. I actually was attacked by a dog when I was 11 and it bit me 3 times and lunged at my throat and my <gasps> mother 
beat the living crap out of it with her bare fist, a husky, and saved my life. Oh so I've like God. seen it happen. Wow. Like how my mother will just do anything. And now that I have a kid, Jeez. I would do anything for my kid. Right. And I'm picturing myself as the mother. I would want my son to take the gig, go over the wall, and never come back. That way, Interesting. he wouldn't be causing the deaths of the people who might die from the information. Now, what if the mother is a true believer? And she thinks that this is an honor for you to be asked to go become a spy. And so she's telling you to go and do it. Well, I mean, that's it. I'm just saying, but uh, mm. but off the bat, my instinct is to, it's hard because really the dilemma is weighing like um, something personal mm-hmm. that's close to you. Like you want your mother to be around with um, the lives of po- potentially many, but which is more removed from you. And you could justify a way like, well, this isn't my fault. I'm just a pawn in a game. Right, right. It's going to, this information is going to get out anyway. This it, someone, it, if it's not me, it's someone else that's going to do this. Um, yeah, I just, I, I think that if it's putting other people's lives in danger, you can't do it. You just can't do it. Yeah, because like if I just again going back to my own mother, like my mom would want me to do whatever would be the right thing. She wouldn't want me to do something that would cause the death of other people's children. And uh, if Disney's taught us anything, all parents die. That's very true. That is true. That's true. Yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I just wonder, like... Like, um, maybe this gets into kind of a, a bigger question, too, of, like, how much do you how, – how, how much do you do to save yourself, too? Like, say you were in, like, uh, in East Berlin or, like, say you were in Nazi Germany and a Nazi comes up to you and goes, like, hey, are you uh, Heil Hitler? And it's, like, if you don't say that, you're going to get taken away. But if you do say it – then or you're going to be put on a list but if you do say it, you'll kind of have another day to to you know live your life well it's all degrees like that one you just say heil hitler and keep living right but if it was uh hey which way did those jews go or like give me right. information like or heil hitler yo do you this know person where, like yeah, like if you're putting other people at risk right then then, right. then it's a no brainer and i feel like this situation like you can you can help people not die and probably do good by not bringing the spy information back and 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 you know it's brutal but like if your mother then you know you're gone and your mother is alone and passes away from this ailment she has at least you didn't become someone she'd be ashamed of well but hold on if she, you don't come back she they're probably going to kill her you can't just throw that in there now. Oh, okay, no, but, but I would assume that's... also that if you say no, your life could be in danger, too. 
that if you tell them, listen, I'm not going to go, it's, oh, yeah. it's possible that you get put on some sort of list. Oh, no, for I think that's for sure. But if you go, you, what if they give you a timeline and they go, hey, you need to go get this information and come back, you know, in a month with this. They give you a certain thing. If you don't come back, then we're going to come in and shoot your mother point blank. I mean, it, if if the information seems like the type of information that would result in the death deaths of a lot of people, mm-hmm. it's uh, I just don't think you can take that one person's life as more valuable than everyone else's. And again, going back to my mother, I think my mother would heroically go out like a hero. Yeah. Well, that's great. I don't know. Jan would say, you get over there. <laughs> you get those names, honey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also... You threw nuclear fallout in there, which makes it. You've almost taken the moral dilemma yes. away from me. You should have. You should have yanked the nukes out of that because well, that makes it we too can, big. But this is the thing: we can adjust. I'm just saying, during the Cold War, there was a real nuclear threat. And also, if you don't help your, even though you know you're kind of living in a country that you don't fully connect with and agree with, the alternative to your country winning is the other countries winning, Western civilization winning, and all your friends and family getting nuked. Yeah, which is why I think you just gotta gotta do the hard thing. Write your mother a beautiful letter, <laughs> tell her you love her, yeah. tuck her in, and say I'll see you in the morning. But then you never see her again. Wow. I uh, see. I that doesn't feel right to me either. Why? Because it it I don't know. Like it's it's um. I, I this is a loophole, so we can't go with this as the final answer. But it's possible that you could go over to West Berlin and start working as a double agent. Right, but anything you do is putting... I know your mom is a specific kind of heroic mom, but, you know, another mom might be like, I want to live, go do what they're asking you to do so that I can live, and then any wrong move, and then the bad government gets word of that and your mom's dead. I know, that's so true. just kind of depends on, I guess, what kind of mom do you have? Is your mom someone who wants to go out like a hero? (laughs) Or is your mom someone who wants a bunch of dead people on her conscience? Right. Yeah. Right. I think for this, I mean, let's see, you're in East Berlin. Like, you might be part of, like, the youth culture that is um, curious about Western civilization, but your mom probably is a true East Berliner. Berliner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I think that when it comes to um, the bigger picture and things like this, um, and you can see the broader stroke of like, at the end of all of this, what's going to matter? It's going to, what's going to matter the most is that people's freedom and their, like, people's lives, they're able to live their lives in freedom, you know? And, you know, if there's casualties along the way with people that you love because you're standing your ground and going, the bigger picture here is more important than, you know. Yeah, also just like, purely like going off of what was happening at the time, the, communist russia the amount of people dying like just the numbers of people that were getting killed like the numbers that would be on your conscience if you helped with these this spy information would be so great that didn't, i think it well, might be didn't un- like a hundred million people die they'll never know like the full numbers but it's 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 in between like world war Two and the cold war it was i think like world war Two was like 35 million and the cold war was like another 20 or something I, i'm I heard possibly that, massive they're so big that we're off by millions and tens yeah of millions oh probably. god i heard somewhere this is probably wrong but um uh in russia like a hundred million people died or something like that during i think that. like from world war Two till yeah. the end of the cold war that which is the craziest sense. i mean think about that 
like it's, it's literally impossible people it's impossible to it's impossible to like perceive that in your head i just can't even the thought of 10 people i know dying right. is unfathomable i know we're so lucky to be alive today even though it seems bad in america it's not right bad. now I read, I it read is the, not bad. i read this book uh enlightenment now by stephen pinker just recently that i think everyone should read okay essentially he wrote a book that is uh, explaining using graphs and statistics how like this is the best time ever mm-hmm. in the history of the human race people need to chill out they're all losing their minds and 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 are being uh absurd like this is the safest time to ever be on the planet earth mm-hmm. america is one of the safest places in the history of the human race and even though there's a lot of terrible things happening in America and people need to stand up and do whatever they need to do and and you know like i've been going to protests on the weekend with my wife and kid but it's still the best time to ever live. And people are being very uh, fatalistic about it all. Yeah, the world's ending. You know, but what about global warming? Because that does seem Well, that's the one part of the book where everything (laughs) in the book, he's like, people need to calm down. Not everything, but a lot of the book is about how you need to calm down. The world's better than you think. We're doing better. The global warming thing, he explains in great detail. Like, there's a certain temperature that we will or will not reach in the next 30 years. And if we do not reduce global warming... uh, global warming's increasing uh, the increase of the issue then we will be screwed but okay, so but but it's totally where... in his estimate and he's just one guy but in his estimate it's possible to avoid the disasters the full disaster of global warming but it's also possible that we don't pull it off well and that's that was the where only our one energy should be then <laughs> Well, do you think, but it's not us, America, that's necessarily like the, the like, isn't China the the one, because they're going through their, like, their industrial revolution in a way right now, and so... Uh, it, well, I think uh, I think America and China, I think, are the worst when it comes to pollution. Um, but I think China, even though they have worse uh, environmental... Uh, Standards. Standards. I think they're like putting an effort towards it. They also like move differently than other countries. Like they move in giant steps because of their like communist nature. Right. Where like, like I, you know, they want to just like get to an industrial point and then backtrack and fix the environment. But it's an issue. You got to care about the environment. And I just um, read an interesting article in the LA Times about how our recycling is now not even really working anymore because a lot of our plastic and our soda cans and stuff, we outsource to other countries who will pay for it, like India and China, and now they don't want it anymore. So Why do they pay for it? Because they reuse it. And so it's not like all the recycling that America makes is like going back and like being reused in america we give it to other countries who, who want that. it well a thing i always think about with recycling is like no one was doing it no one's doing it to not make money and i don't know much about it but like someone's making money off it like there's mm-hmm. a business behind it no doubt yeah and i just don't know anything and about i think it's it becoming less lucrative for some reason and so now it's not as you know it's just not working as seamlessly as it used to and so it's really like a matter of like not generating as much waste which is really crazy when you look at how much waste you make even in a day. Well, this is a whole other moral dilemma, but I'm going to just take us a little bit more back on track to the one Mm -hmm. we're talking about, because I'm interested also in country loyalty and nationalism and like what you guys think of that, especially you, Evan, who you're from Canada, but you live in America. So like, where does your loyalty lie? Like if the American government came to you and said, you need to go spy on Canada to help your wife. Never. To help your to wife? Help oh, to help my wife? Do they kill my wife if I don't do it? Well, yes. Maybe. It depends. Which American government are you talking about? Just, um, just <laughs> let's say, well, let's say Trump. I couldn't, couldn't do that. 
It depends. Are they going to kill my wife? What's they're the information? Gonna, they're going to take her. They're going to. They're not telling you, but they're they're going. It's going to be bad. You're, that actually. Well, my wife is very patriotic. She's American, and uh, I know more than anyone that she would want me to do whatever is best for like the world and America. So yeah, I'd let them kill my wife. Wow, <laughs> that's. I mean, that's probably the morally correct <clears throat> thing to do. But I, I don't know. I think that it's less about like loyalty to your country as a name like oh i'm from here so i have loyalty to it and more about the um the morality and like the pillars of that of that um country that like if you believe in freedom if you believe in um you know that that people can be what they want in life and you know like the american dream or like being able to be a self-made person and not being in some sort of caste system or you know that like that's what you should believe in, and I know Canada, Canada and America are a lot alike in that. In well, there's that some sense. there's some notable differences that I see a lot, uh, where America has this concept of the American dream, mm-hmm. which in my opinion is a complete lie and a disservice to everyone in the country. You're not guaranteed anything. Hard work doesn't guarantee you you're going to get what you want, and people in America are told like you work hard, you're going to get what you want. You might. But you might not. You may have been born into a situation where hard work alone is not going to get you where you need to go. Right. And 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 uh, whereas in Canada, I think it's a bit more like uh, let's help each other out here. Like everyone needs to help everyone because mm-hmm. some people are born into a different situation. And I think one of the reasons things are getting a little crazy in America lately is because people feel like they were made this promise, this American dream, and they didn't get it, and they're furious. And and you know the people are being very uh, irrational, and and there's a lot of like race racial issues involved and racist people doing crazy things motivated by that but at the core of it all i think a lot is is just this belief that like they were promised something and 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 then what like really exacerbates it for specifically like the white people who didn't get what they were promised is now this term white privilege exists Mm -hmm. so they're like i'm not rich i didn't get everything i wanted i worked hard and now i'm also being told i have white privilege and they're just like losing their minds because Mm -hmm. they're stuck in this awful place Right. And it's breeding like hatred and anger and resentment. Um, and and to go back to what you said earlier, which is why I think like it is just like the morals of the place, mm-hmm. and that's why I side with, with Canada. Canada. Mm-hmm. Though let me say this: I love America. I'm well, it doesn't very, sound like it, I either. do. I it don't sounds... want you to think I don't love America. I majored in American history. I've always been fascinated with America. Really? Who's your Ameri- favorite American historical figure? Woodrow Wilson. Oh, interesting. Please tell us why. Because he ran into some serious moral dilemmas. He ran into some real big ones, guys. What? Like, uh, he tried to make the League of Nations, which was like the original the kind of version of the... <laughs> it's the original version of the United Nations, essentially, like a, a uh-huh. version of that after World War One, And it like just didn't work out. And he eventually had a stroke that kind of compromised him. But oh, and he, his wife had to take over for yeah, a little yeah. bit. We did a drunk history on that with Courtney Cox, our cat. Sorry, slash yard cat, Courtney Cox. <laughs> Thank you. You should yeah, edit that out. I just out. think that guy's fat. And like, like he had some issues or some, some thoughts on race that I like heavily disagreed with. But he had this extremely strong moral drive that led him to want to make, make this League of Nations to make the world a better place. And I just find him fascinating because, you know, even though it was back then when people were different, he mm-hmm. had some views I like so strongly disagreed with. But most of his views I so strongly agreed with. And that's right. just what makes him fascinating to me. And And he met like a pretty... Uh, like tragic end in in how like he kind of lost control at the end and he was so in control and so I just I find his whole journey very interesting there should be a a biopic on Woodrow Wilson yeah actually yeah there should yeah 
I'd watch I'm, that. I'm a, I'm a filmmaker. I'll get to it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. There's your next project. Who would play him? Done. Who would play him? You. Oh. These days, we Andy Circus you, and you're Woodrow Wilson. <laughs> yeah, Andy Circus me. Green hey, Andy Circus me. Um, yeah, I don't. Amanda, what do you think on on loyalty to to your? I'm not a person who I I like America. I I'm so glad I was born here. I feel very very lucky. Um, but I'm not a person who's like America first forever and ever. Like I I'm just not like I don't feel that sort of allegiance to countries like and that's also influences like my stance on immigration and stuff and the reason why i don't really see like everyone's a person and we're just all born happenstantially into different places Mm -hmm. so i'm not the kind of person who's going to be allegiant allegiant to my country no matter what they're up to um and some people are like that where they have such pride um well no matter what your country is going to turn to dust like there's no country that exists from you know, thousands of years ago, like, like everything mm. changes. Like there's like, there's no way America exists in 800 years or, or as, it, as is it is now. Yeah. I mean, well, it's a, if this, I think that once a, once a place, um, I think the reason people say like America is so great, um, you know, or the greatest country in the world and quotes is like, is, is because, you know, we are a country of immigrants. It was founded on the, the Constitution, Declaration of Independence, and all of these things going, we see what's going wrong where we come from, and we're going to now create a society where, where we don't, you know, where we learned from that, and now this is kind of a perfect society for, for us. And of course, there's, you know, of course, that's not perfect. This is a place where people it's, can it be. created people. an ideal that, helped make the world a better place exactly and to kind of and it's it's so sturdy in what it stands for and of course you know administrations come in and it gets all jumbled and everything but the pillar is still there and so having allegiance to to that and knowing like this is the uh, this is the picture of kind of a society where people can be free and be the people they want to be even if it's all shitty kind of at the top the pillar of that is there i think it's important to stand you know, for the, you know, to make sure that stays the way it is. God bless America. Do you know this song? No. <laughs> Our home, sweet home, oh, Canada. Yeah. <laughs> Our home and native land. Now, would you... You got a better anthem. I'm just going to say that. It is very oh, yeah. good. I like our anthem. Francis Scott Key wrote our anthem. Very nice. I have no idea who wrote the Canadian anthem. Uh, I think it he was... He was an earnest person, whoever he was. Yeah. Very it's earnest. probably a moose. Don't. That's racist. <laughs> that's, that's anti-Canada. She's going to cut that out. No, I won't. It's just a really <laughs> fucked up thing to say to me like that. <laughs> probably a moose so you know the old adage ask not what your country can do for you but what you can do for your country who said that kennedy was it yeah i cured in his voice um (laughs) do you feel like you guys live by that because i don't feel like i do i don't feel like i'm the kind of person who would go to war for my country without just be out of allegiance without asking a lot of questions Yeah, i think that's a pretty crazy statement that he made like uh, i understand why he's the leader of the country and you want people to back you up but like you, you should ask not what you can do for your country but what you can do for your country when you think your country is doing the moral thing that is correct that's right and it's like blind patriotism i don't feel as right. good but people do that people 
Well, it's the same. Yeah. yeah, but it's just like saying like you got to have like a faith in something. Like faith, the the word means to believe without proper evidence, and like it's to say like have faith your country's going to do the right thing. Sometimes America's done the right thing. Sometimes it hasn't. Right. Well, I guess that's also what's great about having a democracy is you're able to challenge your country and mm-hmm. you know make change ideally, although it doesn't always turn out how it should. Yeah, um, I think in like the case, it's different in Vietnam because Viet- Vietnam was a war based on lies, basically. And then, but World War II was a war based on ideals and uh, about human rights in a way. And so, you know, when people signed up to go to World War II, I think that was <clears throat> that was easier for people to do because it was going. We see that uh, there's a, a group of people that a way of life is being. Like if North Korea or North Korea right now was like we're going in and we're taking over all of Asia. We're just going in and we're taking over all Asia and we're gonna. It's because everything's gonna be a North Korean re- regime. Then I think you know as Americans you would go like that's not right. Would you enlist? Well, no, I'm a woman. Well, I well, think I think, women can enlist. I think the reality. <laughs> I think when it came down, the reason why everyone got involved, the reason why America got involved in the war at that point was just like FDR could knew that the threat was coming Mm -hmm. and was real and the people didn't. And he had to like kind of manipulate the country somewhat into joining the war. But it's just when the threat starts to come home is when people react. And it became such a threat that the American way of life would be challenged because, you know, maybe it would have taken the Germans a while to regroup. But if they if the Americans didn't join, they may have just been able to take Britain, solidify their grounds, rebuild, come take America. And then America has no choice but to to join the Nazi way of life. This is a hard question to ask. But do you think that. A serious threat of physically um, uh, a regime coming in and taking, like, if a bunch of uh, submarines were spotted off the Pacific coast from another country and they were literally on their way to take over America, do you think it would do good for us as Americans to band together against one common evil like that? For sure. Oh, yeah. Yes. We'd, everyone would unite. Right. So, oh, you're thinking we should fake something. <laughs> Oh, I like, like that. Oh, yeah. Like, what's that famous um, radio program that went on? War of the World. The War of the World. I have worlds. a record of that. I like to listen to it every now and then. It's really, it's, <laughs> really? it's crazy. It's I've a, never heard it. It's just, it's just a, a radio play about like aliens attacking. But the way it's spoken, if you just tune in at the wrong moment on the radio, yeah. you would think aliens right, were attacking. Right, right. And it, it, and, and it's just a great story. That's interesting. I feel like that that is what America needs. Because we need an so, external enemy. We're so safe in our little bubble that we live in where we're going, nothing can happen to us. And so we're, we we fixate on these little problems. And they may be big problems and they may be, you know, racist and all that. Well, There's and no- even the North Korean threat, which is very frightening because they do have nuclear weapons, you know, uh, is very scary. But it's so easy to just go, ah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's not, not going to happen. Coming. It's, not gonna it's happen. so far in the you can't you can only imagine it for a second, and then it's not right in front. But of you me. look up and you see a bunch of North Koreans parachuting down onto you know yeah. your land. Don't, You're gonna don't, don't think that one's coming. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's keep our fear focused on global warming. Yeah, uh, okay. I actually think global warming is a good thing to focus on. And actually, I also bumped into this woman. Um, maybe we should have her on the podcast. Oh, Kendall Mayhew. We did a rooftop yeah. reading with her. So I bumped into her the other day. She's very involved in like um, in California, like um, 
issues like um, civics and homelessness. And she was saying that people are so obsessed right now with um, American politics mm-hmm. that people who live in California aren't looking in. We just think like, oh, our state's perfect, but there's right. a lot of dysfunction happening here. And this is the place where we can actually like make change, like, you know, calling our local government. So she was wanted to encourage people to, yeah. um, you know, do what you can in your own community and that will trickle out instead yeah. of just becoming obsessed and, and rage which, 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 of what's happening in the White people House. Need, yeah, people need to calm down, in my opinion, because things, like you said, Evan, things are bad to certain degrees, but it's the best it's ever been. Well, but it is a double-edged sword because like... Like this administration, which I couldn't disagree with more in every way, shape, and form. Like you need to kind of like stand up and rage against them, but the machine. But you know the machine. But people, <laughs> you know, like 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 the right uh, media recently was saying, like, where's civility? What happened to the civility that we used to have in politics? But like, I don't want to sit and be civil when they got kids in cages like right that's when you like i went to two protests as soon as that started happening because you need to get out there and that is american that is very american to do to exactly. get out there yes. get on the streets and yell at the top of your lungs like we're not going to stand for this and this is not okay so i think people do need to calm down in a sense but they also need to keep up the heat like sure. and vote please for the love of god vote not you. I'm applying for citizenship. You are? I might be able to vote soon. But then do you have to give up your Canadian citizenship? No. Oh, Dual, great. baby. I need my backup country to go back to. I know. So then you get two passports? Yeah. Damn. Me and Dusty each have one, my son, and my wife doesn't. So if things go really bad here, you guys got to take care of her. <laughs> okay, she can come live in Pasadena. Just put her in your suitcase. Dusty would fit in the suitcase. Yeah. You give her... I could fit her in a duffel. If she and Dusty bag. look so much alike, then you give her his Dusty's passport. passport. <laughs> and you put him and I wear in Dusty bag. inside a fat suit belly. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Yeah. That's or you great. just put his head... You wear a tur- turtleneck. He's the second head. And you go, oh, yeah, we're one person. I wear a Total Recall costume with him as... Yes, yes, yes. Little, uh, quato. <laughs> Well, I think... So n- none of us are going to West Berlin to spy. Nah. We're, sorry, Mom. No. I think when it comes down to it, I you know, it would be hard not to because, you know, you see that light at the end of the tunnel and that beautiful, beautiful West Berlin Yeah, you light. see those, those porno mags. Yeah, I see those West Berlin dancers. And the rock and roll. <laughs> you, you go to West Berlin, you never come back, you don't spy for them, you marry, you settle down, you name your daughter... After your now dead mother who died terribly. Yeah. My, how did my how did, how did my grandma how did my grandma die? Well, I abandoned her and then they I, shot uh, her in the I head. I essentially put a bullet in her head by leaving <laughs> to uh, marry your mother and have you. Yeah. Well, all is well. <laughs> all is well that ends well. Okay, let's move on to a dear big ones. Dear Big Ones, hey girls, love you both and the podcast. I have a question about some of my decisions, even though they are largely considered morally right. I often make right decisions not because of respect or moral fiber, but because I don't want to get yelled at. For example, I didn't walk my dog through a cemetery the other day because I was worried someone would consider it disrespectful and yell at me, and not because I didn't want to be disrespectful. Is it okay to sometimes make good decisions out of cowardice, not morality, or do I need to work at being better still? Thanks, Amanda and Maria. Warmest, Katie. Wow. Thank you, Katie, for writing in, and thank you for being a a listener. Yes, thank you. Um, This is an interesting question. Does it matter your intention behind doing the right thing? I mean, I think it's a mixed bag. I feel like this is a very good person. I just sound like a very moral person for even thinking this question. I agree. I agree. But uh, 
I don't. I mean, you know, the reality is that it's a little bit of both. It's obviously, I would say, better to know it's wrong or know that you're going to hurt someone and make the choice because you want to do the right thing. But that's just not reality all the time. And sometimes you do only do things because you don't want the consequence. I suppose as long as you don't let it become too much that in your life. Like if it always is about just like making yourself not feel uncomfortable, that's bad because being uncomfortable, in my opinion, is the key to being happy is learning to be uncomfortable. Because life is uncomfortable. I agree. And if you're not good at being uncomfortable, then you're not going to be good at growing and changing and stuff. But, but it just can't be, the majority because then you become someone who is behaving primarily because of how they see how others perceive them and don't want to hurt others and are frightened of negative a, emotions mm-hmm. and stuff. It's a fear-based mentality. Yeah. And but I, if it happens sometimes, it's perfectly natural and it happens to, wonder, to everyone. You have to wonder like, well, why did, you know, walking your dog through a cemetery isn't necessary. It's like, well, some people may see that as wrong but you might see that as no, there's no harm there, and the only reason you're not doing it is because you know that the rules the rules say you can't go in but there. But she's saying that the only reason she didn't do it is because she was worried the person would confront her, right? Yeah, she's worried she's going to get in trouble. Yeah, but that doesn't mean you're a less moral person. It just means like you don't see a big problem walking a dog through a cemetery because that's right. Just- but is it Im- well? Then it goes to is it immoral to follow? Is it moral to follow rules? Like, is fo- are fo- following rules is is that moral? Depends on the rules. And is breaking rules? If the rule immoral? is murder everyone, then heck no. But if yeah. it's an, an innocuous kind of, you know, a cemetery should not. There's no dogs allowed in this cemetery. I guess it is private property, and so if there's a sign that says no dogs, you should follow those rules. But but then uh, the the problem lies into if you get into the habit of just like default always following yeah. rules mm-hmm. at one point there might be a rule that is actually immoral and maybe your default will be just to follow it because you're scared of getting in trouble so in some ways i think it's good to kind of test those boundaries and yeah. this is coming from a total rule follower who's so scared to get in trouble but i am i try to break out of that sometimes and enter into confrontation when I feel it's important. But I think, I think her question is more of the emotional, where, where emotionally you're coming at it from. She's saying, is it bad to be a person who makes choices based on wanting to avoid being reprimanded? Yes. And I yeah. think the answer to that is yes, that is not good, but it's going to happen sometimes. And that doesn't make you a bad person and you can derive the right lessons from it. But if you're constantly making choices based on your fear of how others will perceive you or talk to you or reprimand you or scold you, that's going to build a large pile of negative emotion. But it's also, you have to, her thing is such like a, it's private property. Here's a rule. If it was like, if it was like, Hey, go tell this person, person, she's a bitch or else, you know, I'm going to yell at you. And it's like, if you did that just so you wouldn't get yelled at by like, or like if you were at work and your boss went like, Hey, go take that person's report and like uh, put it in as your own. Burn it. Yeah. Burn it. Burn it. (laughs) Burn it and dance on the ashes. Yeah. And then you did that just so you wouldn't get yelled 
that. Okay. But it doesn't sound like that's what she's doing. So I think in her, I think as a person who can totally relate to her question, who is scared of confrontation and scared of all authority figures, I say it's very healthy to kind of play with those boundaries and, and start to, um, you know, case by case, but lean into doing what you want or what you think is right, despite. Um, yeah, well, because if you get in the habit of doing things for that reasoning, mm-hmm. then you're going to run into some negative. I agree. Uh, uh, choices. Have you seen or heard the tapes of that? Um, the the experiment they did in the '60s, the um, electrical experiment. Oh my god, this is horrifying. I've re- I've read a bunch about it. I've never seen tapes. Um, there's, I think there's audio on it. Yeah, you can listen to. And I always think about it because I think, what would I have done? So the experiment was they brought in people in a, in a room and they had someone on the other side in another room that they couldn't see. And um, you'd basically ask the person a question. The person in the other room was an actor. And so the um, the the person they brought in had an electrical vo- voltage thing. And, and the doctor said, okay, so you're going to ask this person a question. If they get it wrong, you're just going to get a little shock. And then we're going to keep going. We're going to keep going. Don't worry. It doesn't hurt them. And then as the experiment goes on and they start getting questions wrong, the voltage gets higher and higher until the person starts screaming. And the doctor goes, it's all right. Don't worry. They're okay. So a lot of these people were like at giving this fake person fake electrical shock but it was like so high yeah, that it, it got could, dark yeah and the people started screaming and then it would get so high that then there would be no response on on the other side as of the though wall. they had died or passed out but the people, just an exploding sound eventually <laughs> but the people kept doing it because they were told by a authority figure what you're doing is fine don't worry trust us and it's like, at what, what would I do in that, that situation? That scares me. Uh, you would stop when you started to do pretty bad screams. I hope I would. I yeah, really do. You guys would. I definitely would now. I'm thinking a 17-year-old Amanda might be too nervous. Or to- so if I don't know, if I hadn't heard about the experiment ever, you know, then I'm going in there blindly and then as someone's going, it's okay. It's well, okay. As, as someone who did a lot of psychological experiments to pay for my groceries at the end of the month in university... I, I like I've done like uh, I did like maybe seven or eight of these things because really? they would pay you like 75 bucks and I would always run out of money before the end of the month. So I would go and do these things at my university uh, in Canada. And I did I did like ones where like they, they put me in a room and attached like electrodes to me and made me read words through like a tiny porthole that were like almost sexual and then just asked me to leave. And that was it. I had another one where I went in and had to write down an analysis of one of my best friends. And just that was it. I had another one where I went in and watched like six videos of a guy in a red hat doing like blase things on the street. And I was just like supposed to choose which one I liked the most. None of the experiments can I discern what it was about. I don't have know. Have you what tried looking it up? That no, maybe you, like, I can't know because I'm supposed to be part of like a blind experiment. But um, when you're in it, you're like pretty like, yeah, whatever you guys say, I'll do whatever you say. Right. But uh, but but it's it's really disturbing to think that there's some people who like when hearing the pain like there should be just like a thing in you that says I shouldn't be making someone feel that I way. I know, but people I, again are scared of authority or so were so trained. It's probably especially in the '60s to respect authority yeah. and fall in line. And there is a hierarchy, and you need to fall in your place in that. Well, and, that, and, and that's one of the best things about America and why America is a very special uh, thing to have ever existed and to exist now is because it's a place that says like. Just because they're in charge doesn't mean they're right, and you need to stand up for what mm-hmm. you believe in. And right now, like a lot of people I know, don't agree with what this administration is doing, and they're standing up for their right to to 
like lash out against it. And that's that's what the best thing that America has going for it is it just like breeds this mentality of just because they're in charge doesn't mean it's okay. Yes, and, I totally agree. And we yeah. could not be doing the big ones in North Korea or Cold War East Berlin. If you do North so. Korea, we just always have the same ending. <laughs> uh, well, this has been, enough, if nothing else, illuminating. Yeah, I agree. This is a great episode. Evan, if you'd like to be found, where can people find you? <laughs> you can't find me. You can't? I have a Twitter account that I haven't used in like two years. You could go on it and have your own fun, just kind of yeah, tweeting well, into a void. <laughs> that well, sounds good. Yeah, if you could, when this comes out, just tweet at the Goodyear blimp and say, and say I'm coming out of retire- I'm coming out of my hole for this one tweet. Um, Goodyear blimp, come pick me up, basically. I, I did send a tweet this year. Just one tweet. Uh, I ordered The Art of Divorce, which is the Russell Crowe divorce auction catalog. Oh, my God. I ordered it from Australia and oh, have it geez. on my coffee table, and I decided to take a picture of that and tweet it. Wow. And, and, and how'd that go for you? Did you get a, a lot of likes? I got a few. I think most people have stopped paying attention due to the fact that I stopped tweeting. <laughs> right. Probably. And, it's, just, and, it's just a me thing. I just wanted to do it for myself. Yes. But also, check out Russell Crowe's The Art of Divorce. I've it's heard about this. so funny. He just and, and I read why he did it. He was like, I wanted to take something that like is considered sad and make something kind of fun out of it. They uh, John Oliver bought a few pieces. Did from he? It, I think. Yeah. What's in there? Oh, it's you like name it. A, a cod piece from that movie he was in. Gladiator. Um, Gladiator. Or no, no. Uh, uh, Cinderella Man is the oh. cod piece. Uh, I know too much about this. Uh, the like leather chest plate from Gladiator. He also is a crazy cricket fan. You can get lots of cricket memorabilia uh, and just like tons of things from all his movies. He's just kind of like liquidated it all. Wow. Well, good, you know, he, good for him. Also, as a dude who's not on Twitter much anymore, but when I was, follow Russell Crowe. Oh, is he? Just a fun guy to follow. I'm sure he's I'm a, a little fun, obsessed with Russell Crowe. I'm sure he's a fun guy to hang out with. You got to watch the John, follow the John Oliver thing with Russell Crowe because they've had this whole back and forth where it's pretty hilarious. Mm. And that's all I'll say because I don't really remember exactly what happened. <laughs> <laughs> and Preacher's on right now. This comes out tomorrow. This comes out tomorrow? I know, yeah. yes. We're cutting it close. What? I know, I know. Well, then, yeah, watch Preacher. It's on right now on AMC. AMC. Check it out. That's great. Anything That's else? Great. Any big movies coming out? <laughs> yeah. uh, da, 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 da. We got them. I don't, I don't know if there's anything. Any? The movies are untitled, so if I say what they are. Uh, the untitled. We have some uh, untitled films we're point working on. Movies. Yeah. We have a lot of untitled films we're working on. Uh, no, I, you know, if I had to plug something right now, it'd be Preacher. Great. Great. Which I'm proud of. And uh, if you want to see something with a lot of moral dilemmas, watch Preacher. Ooh, maybe we should take, maybe we Do should. a Preacher-themed episode. It's yeah. riddled with big ones. Mm. We got, riddled then we got to get watch it. it for research. Big ones, small ones, medium ones. That's all Show's you can ask all. for. And as always, you can find us at the Big Ones Pod on Twitter. You can email us. I have to close my eyes so that I can uh, get this I all out. I was watching. You're going into like a deep meditative Yeah, because state. otherwise I, my mind drifts and I can't get it all out. And uh, you can email us your, your – and you can email us your dear big ones or a, a big, big one if you have one at thebigonespodcast at gmail.com. Join our Patreon. Why, Amanda? Because we release a bonus episode every month, and if we reach $500 a month, which we are almost there, we will release two bonus episodes every month. Yeah. And you get 20% discount off of merch, and we've got some cool t-shirts out. Mm-hmm. So... I have a thought on your t-shirts really quickly. Yeah. Yeah. 
There's there's a cartoonist called Hugliark Dagson in Iceland uh-huh. who does very funny cartoons uh-huh. that are kind of like little moral dilemmas. I'll show you guys really? after this. Really? Yeah. Sort of. They're like really messed up and dark mm-hmm. and super funny. I feel like that guy and you guys could make a shirt together. Yes. We'd love to collaborate. I'll, yes. I'll, I'll show you some of his cartoons. It's really messed up stuff. Like it's it's as dark as anything could ever be, but it's also very, very funny. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll get his information. <laughs> Just, uh, you know how to spell that. He's oh, yeah. No, no, no. I I'll it. just type in Iceland uh, moral dilemma. If you type in Iceland cartoonist, I don't think there's a ton. He'll, yeah, he'll yeah that's up. probably true. Have you been to Iceland? No, but I have always wanted to go to Iceland. It's oh, like one of the main places I want to go in It's life. on our list. It's just a, I don't know whether to go in in summer or winter because winter you get northern lights. You just get two different things. So I just... I. My friend Ethan went there to film uh, the Walter Mitty film. Mm-hmm. So I'll put you guys in touch and you can yeah, ask him all your Iceland please. questions. Greenland, too. You get on a boat, you can No, no. Nah, nah, fuck Greenland. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> no one wants to go to that shithole. <laughs> fuck that place. Fair enough. Well, guys, as always, thank you so much for listening to The Big One. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.